Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Then I'm going to pray here in a second, but, but this subject of believing that God is working everything together for good, Romans 8.28, this is one of the more significant beliefs that we have to have in our tool belt to process life. And so I'm calling this shipwrecks, snake bites, and the God who works all things for good. We're going to do a real quick review of a couple weeks ago. I think some of you were here for that. And then we're just going to look at how does Paul have a grid for navigating what he went through. And so, Heavenly Father, just bless the sharing of this word. Uh, We thank you that your word strengthens our faith. Your word is reliable. It's true. It it directs our heart into reality, and, and it frees us, and it gives us love for Jesus. And so just teach us, Holy Spirit, your word tonight. We pray for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when I send the Spirit, he's going to teach you all things. And so teach us, help us tonight. Open our ears tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just as a real quick recap, Acts 27. We've been going through the book of Acts for months. In Acts 27, Caleb and Noah, I'm going to quiz you on the spot. Do you remember what happens in Acts 27? Oh, er. (laughs) it's the shipwreck. It's when Paul is journeying to Rome and there's a shipwreck. But a couple weeks ago, I shared how when he was, I mean, remember, Jesus appeared to Paul and said, you're going to Rome. And so if Jesus appears to you, you kind of think, okay, that's automatic. But he gets into a storm. And we see, I'm going to blitz through, this is number two on the notes, they start sailing in verse one of chapter 27, and then it says it's difficult in verse eight, and then it's dangerous in verse nine, and then in verse 10, Paul says this is a disaster, and then in verse 20, it says they gave up all hope that they would survive. Everyone on that ship, they actually have the number to the person, there's like 270-something maybe 276, every single one of them said they had given up hope. There were storms for so long they thought we're dead. But as we talked about a few weeks ago, right after it seems completely hopeless, that's when the miracle happens. For some reason, God is a God of the 12th hour. He doesn't come through at 6 o'clock when it would be preferable, or 9 o'clock, or even 10 or 11 he steps in like right when the second hand strikes midnight. He's like, yeah, there's a miracle. And that's just how it happens through the Bible. He just stretches us. And so Paul is like, man, I wish it didn't have to be that way. But how many of us know even Paul had to learn theology? Even Paul had to go through circumstances and go, oh, that's how God works. And he ends up being the greatest theologian in church history. And then, after all that, he gets onto the island of Malta. 
and a snake bites him. Oh my gosh, Lord, am I, I can't be in your will. I am, we went through the storm, then we're, you know, almost dead, then we're shipwrecked, then we're on Malta in the middle of nowhere, I'm supposed to be in Rome, and a poisonous snake bites me, and every one of the villagers says, I'm dead. And yet, again, this is recap, he was in the center of God's will. Now, the American gospel says, Paul, you missed it. The biblical gospel says, Paul, you're in the middle of God's will. Sometimes when you're doing God's will, there are storms and there are shipwrecks and there are serpents that bite you. And it's not to show that you're wrong. It's part of the territory. Okay, now let me just throw uh, something at you real quick. Because the, the book of Acts spans about 30 years. Okay, so from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 28, that's a 30-year time period. Paul writes Romans in the year 58. Okay, just think of that. Acts 27 and 28 happens in the year 60 to 62. So he writes Romans sort of toward the end of the book of Acts, but he writes Romans before he goes on this journey. And in Romans... He gives us this all-time phrase that's like, Paul, what are you can't, this has to be too lofty to be true. In Romans 28, I mean, such a significant statement. He says, we know this. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Paul says, we know this from God. Writes it in the Bible. Holy Spirit says, yep, that's biblical. Put that in there. We know. I mean, just think of this for your own life. Not some things. And this is the glory of being a believer. Not some things sort of work out, but then others are random. Paul says literally everything in your life is working together for good for you. He says, if you love God... And here's the thing, I'm going to get to this at the end. Weak love for Jesus is real love. Jesus takes that serious. So some people go, well, I'm not as dedicated as the Apostle Paul. It's not like what Paul's talking about. It must be some really super serious. No, if we like, like level one love Jesus, we love Jesus. And so that's what he's saying here. He's like, if you love God, literally everything in your life, he's working it for good. So Again, one of the things we have to process as Christians, and and this is, I mean, humanity in general, like how do we process negative things? How do we process the storms and the shipwrecks and the snake bites of life? How do we process, wow, I almost died, or I know someone who did, or, you know, the list goes on. How do we process this? Paul says you have to process it through God is literally taking every situation in your life. Every family scenario, every past circumstance, every up, every down, positive, negative, etc. He's actually working it for your good. And that's just a mind-boggling statement. Everything that's ever happened. And so wrap your mind around that. Paul writes that in 58. He doesn't know this. But in about two years, he's going to be on this journey to Malta. He just thinks, I'm going to Rome. Jesus appeared to me. Sometimes you say things, and the Lord's like, yeah, I told you that because you need that. So Paul wrote that, he writes that to the Romans, and then in a couple years, he's going through the difficulty, the dangerous, the disastrous, I've given up hope, and oh, a miracle happens. 
And I'm sure somewhere in there, he's probably thinking, yeah, I did write that to the Roman believers, that God is somehow working everything. Now, this story that, you know, went from the shipwreck to Malta, we know how that ends. Paul gets there after the snake bite. He doesn't die and has a conversation with the villagers. Then he ends up in Publius's house, lays hands on his father of Publius. I, you know, they named him interesting names back then. And he gets healed. And then it says, then everybody in the whole island who is sick comes to Paul and gets healed. So at the beginning of the journey, there's no one could have known what was about to happen. But if you look at the end of the story and you start there and you look back, you go, oh, I get it all now. All of that, all of the storm, the shipwreck to be randomly emalted, none of it was random. God wanted to do something in Paul and then through Paul to touch the people of Malta as part of the journey. He wanted to do things. So sometimes we think, well, God spoke to me and I'm supposed to do that. But there's so much in the in-between that he doesn't tell us that is so significant. And so we can't, you know, Paul could have said, okay, I give up. It's just, there's the storm, I, can't, I give up. But he didn't give up. He kept persevering. He kept believing. He kept praying. We know he prayed. The angel appeared to him and said, hey, I've granted everybody on the ship to you. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be on Malta. So it's just so important. As believers today, we, we, we go, okay, I might go through storms. I might even be shipwrecked in life at times. I might look like a total failure to some people. I might look like a criminal. Paul looked like a criminal. He was a criminal. He was a criminal of the state being transported from one place to the other to give testimony before Caesar because he was preaching the gospel. And so Paul just had, you know, in the natural, we'd go, Paul, what? It, well, you stepped out of bounds somewhere, surely. And yet he was really in the middle of the will of God. And so just know sometimes in your following the Lord, you're obedient, you're doing all you know to do, and yet it's like, wow, why, is, why am I in a shipwreck? Why I got bit by the devil and there's attacks and there's, you know, all that. Why is it like this? God says, I'm writing a story and I'm taking you places you would not have imagined to reach people, to do good to you and through you. And so Romans 8.28, it's not just for like a refrigerator. You know, ooh, I put a little flour on there and put that on our... This is really incredible theology to process life. When I go through hard seasons, I look at it and I go, I, God, this is one of those, you're working it all for good. And I believe that. And so just make sure, don't think like, okay, that was random. Or, you know, man, it's been hard for a while, so I must have... You know, it was hard for Job for a while. He wasn't out of the will of God. <clears throat> I'll just say very briefly, part of the, the popular culture, the gospel of our popular culture right now is, is, is really a false, it, it couldn't be more false, and it's this idea that if you have positive circumstances happening, then you're obedient to the Lord or you're in God's will, and if you have negative circumstances happening, you must be out of the will of God. And the, and the reality is if we obey Jesus, we're going to go through positive and negative. We're going to go through mountaintops and valleys, and it's just part of the journey. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot that could be said about that, but don't, don't get down on yourself like, wow, it's been hard. Oh, I must, you know, I must, must have, you know, not have prayed enough or something. No, it's just, it's part of your journey. God's um, 
working it for good. And he wants to, I mean, seriously, if there was no storm, we don't have a story on Malta. People didn't get healed there. But because there was a God-sent storm, because there was a shipwreck, we have so many miracle stories. And so you may go through hard seasons. I'm telling you, this is how it is. God leads this way. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't think nothing could come out of my life. Because on the other end of it, eventually, he's going to use you and he's going to do miracles. The same miracles that happened 2,000 years ago, they can happen today. Some believers have given up on that. Jesus didn't give up on that. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's still the Holy Spirit. He's still out there. He's in us. And so don't ever, you know, yeah. Let me just go down to number three. We're going to land this. Some people think, well, there's that thing. At At the second half of that verse, it says he'll work everything for good, but it's for those who love God. And surely I don't. It's for that other person who's really dedicated. Mother Teresa probably loved God, but not me. It puts this qualifier on the end, to those who love God, to those who are calling according to his purpose. And I just want to just touch on this real quick. You and I have a certain measure of love for God. It, it, may, it may be immature, but, but immature love, Jesus takes that serious. And some people condemn themselves and they say, well, I'm not at where Paul was yet, or I'm not at the level of you know, some massively influential person out there. And so I don't even know if I really love him. No, you do love him. If you've said yes to Christ at some point in your life, that's real love. And if you love him, you've been called by him. Because we can't love him unless he's drawn us to himself. And so don't look at that and go, eh, that's not for me. I must not love him enough or something. No, Paul's not saying this is super exclusive territory. He's saying, he's saying God's, he's going to do good to you. He's going to work everything because you love God. He's called you. The way it's worded makes it seem like there's three people in the world that can attain that, but, but that wasn't his point. That's not what God's heart is. He's saying if you love the Lord and even if it's weak, it's real, that's an evidence he's called you into his purposes. And so you might be shipwrecked and people think nothing. You know, you might be going through stuff that no one knows about and, and, and you know, whatever. But he sees that love is real. And, you know, when we're young in the Lord, we don't understand how patient he is. Seriously. He's so patient with us. Love is patient. That's the first on the list in 1 Corinthians 13. So when we're in our younger years... You know, he is so kind to us and he sees the weak reach of our heart to love him. Let me just touch on something else real quick. Um, There is this idea. So the, I've got a few minutes. We're about halfway through here. (laughs) It's 816. I'm going to land this here soon. About by 830, right? 830 is the, man, I appreciate you, man. Working hard and worshiping. It's like a real David, man. Going out to battle, delivering the packages on Prime Day, and still worshiping. <laughs> it's coming, man. Maybe not in this age, but it's coming. <laughs> There's going to be like a David conference in heaven, King David, and all the Davids, and yeah, maybe you'll let me in. I don't know. Yeah, pray about it. <laughs> 
Um, just really a couple other thoughts. Letter A, um, Paul gets bit by that viper. We talked about that. Um, somewhere down in the middle here, I have a point. I like this story about what the villagers said. When they got to the island of Malta, they were really friendly to all the prisoners, including Paul. But when the viper bit Paul, do you remember what they said? I don't know if I have it written down here on my notes. They said, this man must be a murderer. He escaped the sea only to be taken, uh, his life taken by a viper. What's interesting is in ancient Roman culture, there was a, a common story told about a man who had escaped the sea to die by a snake bite. And so they're like, oh my gosh, this is a, the story's happening. Paul is, you know, this guy is obviously being avenged. And so what's interesting is these villagers had like a theological view and, and they weren't totally, like these weren't like the most remote natives. Like there was Roman influence over Malta at this time. They, this was, you know, this wasn't too remote of an island. So they had some Roman influence there. And so they, they weren't completely like, I don't know, animistic where they just only believed in like the tree was God or something. They had more refined theological beliefs, but it still wasn't even close to the gospel. So they're still operating from like, whoa, the way the universe works, maybe he was a murderer that escaped the sea, but, but justice caught up with him. And so what I think that story is interesting is a lot of people believe that way. Even Christians haven't come full circle to believe biblically yet. They kind of just think, the universe has its way of acting, and, and it's almost like this karma theology where it's like, okay, you used to murder people in your past, which Saul did, Saul of Tarsus, who, you know, he became, well, he was always Saul, and, you know, they call him Paul as well, you get that, but he really was a murderer. He had killed Christians, and so when they said that, it's like, huh, what do you do with that? But the fact is, now that he's born again, and he's a new creation in Christ, God wasn't holding that against him anymore. And so they, even though they were kind of accurate, they were still wrong, if, that, if you know what I'm saying. And I've got a point to this. So Paul had murdered Christians. He was involved in the murder of, of Stephen, we know for sure, and he had dragged Christians out of their houses and he'd harassed many. And we, we know he just did a whole number on the early church. And if he wasn't physically murdering people, it was by association he was murdering people. I mean, he, he just wasn't a nice guy. He was uh, what I call, he was truly, literally, a, a, he was an extremist. I mean, that's the word we would use today is extremist. I mean, that's what Saul was, and he gets saved radically. But it's no longer this universal law of justice, you know, exacting karma on some random guy. It's God who now favors this former murderer going, no, you think it's all random acts of the universe's wrath on this man. It's actually me working everything for good now. 
So he went from a former persecutor and blasphemer, now he's under the favor of God, and all these negative circumstances, God says, that's my son, I'm using it actually to reach the people of Malta, I'm doing it for his good and your good. And so we see kind of this difference between the, I would say kind of like a karma theology and the biblical gospel, which is once you're saved, God's no longer holding your past against you at all. And so that's good news for us. I mean, whatever you've done. And I have actually met people who've killed people. I mean, I've, it's real. I mean, not just in the Bible, real people. And to say to them, God doesn't actually hold that against you. That's, it's not just Bible stories. Whatever you've done. Let me say it this way. The difficulties in your life and my life and all of our lives it's not because God's avenging something pre-Christ in our life. It's no longer like that. It's, it's because he's working things for good now. <laughs> and it's like, you, it's like, how do you not worship a God who's like, that whole past is truly, it's, it's imputed to the man Christ Jesus. It's done in our, it's, it was everything at the cross that was all paid for now. And so all of my things I've done wrong in my life, even the things I'll do wrong in my future that I still have to be repentant about, he's not going, okay, Kissner, remember when you were 12 and you did that thing to that one guy, now you're going to have a bad day and pay for it. Or now you're, I told you to go to Rome, but you used to murder people, so now I'm going to give you a shipwreck and I'm going to get even. That whole get even event, that, that it's all, it's not the gospel. It's not the Bible. You and I, when we're in Christ, we are loved as much as Christ, believe it or not. I mean, it's, it's a miracle. You are loved as much as Jesus is loved by the Father. You're, you're that in. We don't become Jesus. We, we don't become divine. But the Father looks at the Souders and the Kissners and anybody who's on the you know, tuned in or on the recording, he favors us like he favors his own beloved son. That's the level of favor you have. That's the level level of love you and I have. And so, so don't, so the reason, again, I'm saying that we're going to go through rough patches in life. It's not because of something back here. It's because he's working it for our good. And we're, we don't have the wisdom of God. He's doing things we can't even imagine. But he's working on our maturity. He's working on our character. He's, you know, we, we think just, okay, he called me to do this, so it's just going to be a straight shot. But no, he's taking us all over the place, up and down. And you know, we're going to this weird journey, and the whole way we're growing. He's putting the character of his son in us, and we're able to help people more. I mean, when we go through stuff, we're able to help people who go through that stuff as well. My wife has gone through things. I've gone through things. You've gone through things. Eventually, you're going to find yourself ministering to people who've gone through that as well. And so that's just a very quick, basic way of just using this illustration. How does this former murderer, who's now a believer, who goes through all this, how do we view that? It's very simple. Romans 8, 28 is the key. God says, I'm, that, that whole thing, I'm working it for good. And all the stuff we go through, Romans 8, 28, working it for good because you love me, because I've called you. That's good news. 
like, how would you not want to serve that man? And so with that, I just want to put that before us and let me pray over us real quick here. And I appreciate you just uh, letting me uh, share my burden tonight. But Heavenly Father, we, we just say thank you that literally you are working all things, not some things, not most things, all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Lord, I thank you that even our weak love on our worst day, you say that's real. And I'm working all things for your good. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, let this just resonate in our hearts this weekend, this coming week. Help us to process life through the lens of you're a good father and you want good for us. You're arranging things for our good and you want that good to touch others and all for the glory of God. And I just even pray tonight your refreshment over those in this room, those on the recording and and, uh, the, the live stream, Lord. I just pray your refreshment and your encouragement in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.